0: Hello listeners. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Uh, I'm excited for today's guest as I am with most guests, Uh, but particularly this one because uh, we've spoken before. Uh, She was on previous podcasts that uh, Kim and I had done. Um, And yes, knowledgeable about things that are super important to me. So ladies and gentlemen, Missy. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. Have you cooled down after the shoot?
1: Yeah, I have. (laughs) It's like actually kinda cold in here, but that's okay.
0: I thought I had fucking heat stroke for a second. I was like, (laughs) God, I'm gonna lose it. Let's just for for those who haven't heard you speak before, I kinda wanna give folks a a recap of like how we we know each other. I think there was like a something photo related. And then we were and I was like, Hey, do I know you? And you're like, No. But and then found out that you were in L.A.D.C. And I was like, oh,
1: this is fucking perfect. Yeah. Actually, what happened is I saw somebody that I knew that you'd interviewed and I added you. Oh,
0: that's what happened.
1: I was like, hmm, this, this dude look, seems cool. And that's what happened.
0: This dude gives off serious dad vibes. <laughs> I am protector. Um, OK. And actually, that's. Kind of ironic because it gives even more credence to me being a dad is like, actually, old man, you don't remember it quite correctly. So Oh my god. <laughs> so wait, 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 who was it that I had interviewed that you um, knew?
1: Um it was Miranda. It was Miranda. Yeah. Oh,
0: that so that was the first connection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just like I listened to it and then I added you and I think like a month later you messaged me. <laughs> Cause you accepted it, obviously. And it was I just accept like, I'm just gonna I'm just going to follow this this guy and creep on his <laughs> stuff on occasion and see what happens.
0: Got cute kids. Got cute dogs.
1: I mean. W- wife
0: is hot. She may be bisexual. We're not sure.
1: See? Perfect. <laughs> it's all perfect. And now you have like a cute little kitty. It's just like yes. perfection. Sushi, like a-
0: manushi. She's the only animal that hasn't made an appearance on any of my podcasts. Oh, really? Yeah. I got to. You
1: got to change that. I
0: got to change that. Um, She's hilarious. Like letting her run around in here.
1: Oh, she's so cute.
0: But so, yeah, the the fantastic part of, of you being knowledgeable about the addiction world. Um, but yeah, so to give like a little bit of that, that backstory of how you got into um, drug addiction counseling and, and what made you want to do that.
1: So originally I went to school and like a lot of people, I didn't know what I wanted to go to school for. So I did my associates um, and then I just felt like pulled to like the psychology piece of it. Um and then I also have many people that I know struggle with addiction and I kind of went to a university and I was going to go for psychology, but I wanted to kind of incorporate addiction studies and they're like, "Well, why don't you just, you know, get your LADC and do this and then continue on later." Um which actually oh. worked out better, but I didn't know that obviously. And so I'm happy I had an advisor, but and that's kind of how I got into it.
0: Um, with, with the addiction that you had seen in the past, mm-hmm. um, did you recognize it as, I mean, people don't like calling it a disease, but like that whole disease of choice thing, did it seem like something that was out of their control to you or did you view them as like fucking addicts?
1: Um, so the younger individual, I definitely saw it as that's your choice because, you know, oh, I'm with my friends. I'm gonna, you know, smoke some weed and it just kind of progressed, but they were so young that not not everybody falls into that. Mm. Um, it started to become a problem with like selling, um, and getting in trouble. And then it just kind of progressed as they grew up, and then it was like well, this is a obviously an issue i mean he's being court ordered to go to treatment and things um the other individuals they were older and it had it had already been like established and they actually i watched them relapse is what happened Mm. um and i was i was young um younger than i am now obviously so i didn't i didn't know kind of what was going on i got to see a crash course um what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's sad, ugly. I would say because they yeah. they were all like very like personal relationships, and I had to cut them off, like, um, just for me. Which, you know, on their account, they think it sounds selfish, but yeah. Um, gotta do what's right for you as <coughs> well and your well being too.
0: Yeah. I. I <clears throat> it's such a it, it's a conversation that Kevin and I have a lot, which is the fact of like when is it okay to step back and how long do you stick it out for because in her like her viewpoints on it is like if I if she had given up on me then where would we be at and hmm. so it, it, it's like a touchy subject because I I have the viewpoint of like if she had What I know now, I wouldn't have faulted her for it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's hard to say that and have her understand because it sounds like "I fucking leave me, do what you gotta do. But at the same time, like there are individuals who, if you're their like only support group, like if it's a support group of one, then you're going to fucking get drugged down. And
1: a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, like, especially with the ones that were, um, that that they were older and I had a relationship with them. Um, That's how it was, is I didn't, what happened was I didn't know that they were using. Mm. Um, They had said that they had an issue, but that, you know, that that's not a thing anymore. And I didn't know a whole lot about it um, at the time. And... It turned out they were using the entire time, mm. but that was, like, their baseline. So, it, oh. they didn't act any different um, until they didn't have it, um, and and it just got worse, and it turned into, like, an abusive type of thing. Um, so, I mean, it was just, you know, it was kind of like, I gotta, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. And, I mean, props to being able to to do that. I mean, not... Yeah. Cause like I said, from Kim's perspective, like you, you never give up, but at the same time, that's always going to have that little umbilical cord tied to your mental health. And if somebody pulls on that, you, are you know, I don't know if I would say your nervous system, but like, yeah, yeah, actually, cause you can have a physical reaction yeah. to it. Um, but you, you, that anxiety of like, what is it going to be this time? It, it, are we are we just talking or are you about to tell me that you're in jail right now like I don't know so there's all of these factors and um and I've I've watched friends go through that where I'm I've actually even watched Kim go through that where you know uh individuals that she's been attached to for a long time and um she tried to establish better boundaries and was like Saying, you know, I'm going to step back and I'm not going to be as involved. And then two weeks went by and she got a call that like reaffirmed, unfortunately, that she, oh, well, this is why I have to stay. This is why I have to be a part of the thing. And it's like, god damn. Right. It's more, if anything, it should shine a light on the fact that that individual has zero support group and needs to focus on creating that network, whether it's on a professional level or friends, or family, or whatever, like, they need more than just you.
1: Well, and it's kind of like, you have to want it. Um, and there's a lot of manipulation and things that go on oh, yeah. if you're in a relationship with somebody that struggles with that, because, you know, they, they do cling to you. Um, and they'll do whatever they can do to get you to stay. Yeah. Um, which is just, like, kind of part of it. Yeah, I that's think... why I
0: bought that dick dragon is I want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at that. I was just like, "Oh my goodness!"
0: <laughs> I always point to him for levity, just to make sure people don't get too sad. For the listeners and who, people who don't watch, just tune into one episode, and he'll he'll make an appearance. <laughs> I haven't given him a name actually.
2: You need to name it.
0: What would be a good name for a dick dragon? No, no, Cockamus. No, like
2: caucasaurus. I don't Caucasus- know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: Phallus the Great.
1: Oh my God, I like that one. Phallus but- the Great.
0: Phallus the Great, because then he has magical powers and maybe helps a wizard. Um. Anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that. I when I talk about this stuff, like my brain goes into fifty different places because I think of like the history of whether I was the one that was manipulating people or people that were manipulating me, like, it's gone both ways so many times. And before I realized that I had codependency issues, like, I didn't fully grasp why that shit was going on. Yeah. So the other aspect of it, like, when you were talking about they have to want it, they... I I find that, like, a lot of addicts don't even know how, how to want. You know what I mean? So it's, like, trying to find... How do you get to a point to where you want to want help?
1: Which makes sense. It's just with my experience with this person, you know, I had watched them go through treatment already and I did stick it out with that. Mm. Um, And I just, I, I couldn't, you know, well, I just I, couldn't. I didn't have any ties. I wasn't married. I wasn't, mm. you know, I didn't have a child. Not that is not that I'm saying that those make it so you have to be with them but obviously it complicates things if you do have oh for sure yeah so
0: yeah well i mean because it you have to you am i do i want my child to know the true nature of this individual or um do i want to get them as far away from the situation yeah that's a huge huge issue for sure right even if you're just married like there's i mean societal consequence right? People are constantly asking you, "How's Todd?" Well, Todd is in prison still. Yeah. So. Like, how do you? <laughs> I mean, and
1: I think that when people say, "Well, how is so and so?" or "How are you?" We're so programmed as a society to be like, "Oh, I'm really well, I'm well," or you know, "I'm good, I'm doing good," even though that's just a lie.
0: Oh, that you're gonna say grammatically incorrect.
1: Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> Whichever word you want to use. I'm not a grammar yeah. Nazi.
0: But no, that's so interesting you say that. I literally yesterday just started listening to this guy. Fuck, I'm going to forget, but I'll pop up a link in the description. Um, it's a one person episode of this podcast. Um, he's talking about uh, mental health and that that specific situation when somebody asks you how you're doing and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, fine. It's just, it's well, good.
1: Right. Wow. Good. Fine. It's
0: good. Well, I feel like I'm in a well and I'm drowning, but I'm good.
1: Yeah, I'm still breathing. It's fine.
0: <laughs> but no, like that, that, that wired response of like, it has to be positive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: um And so one day this guy asked him, you know, how are you doing? And he was like, oh, I'm good. And he goes, you didn't even think about it. I want you to think about it. How are you doing? And he's like, oh, fuck, I don't know, actually. And like, had to think about it. And he's like, actually, no, I'm not doing that good.
1: Well, and it's kind of like, those words are all, none of those words are emotion-based.
0: Wow. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I
1: mean, that oatmeal is good. Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. So it's not, it's not emotion-based. I'm, I've done like a group with patients actually, um, in the past that we talked about that, uh. You're so programmed, we're all programmed to say all positive things, um so it's kind of like, well, then, when there's something wrong, and they're like, "Well, I thought you were doing so good,
2: mm. yeah,
1: you know it's so you know in the mornings, they would people would ask me like, "How are you and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm a little stressed out, actually, but thank you, like i'm i it'll get through it, it's fine like <laughs> keep going, like I try yes. to kind of respond like that unless it's like. You know, the cashier at Target, that's a little different. But, um, you know, people that see me pretty frequently, I try to be genuine, but...
0: Yeah, my my friend Alex, well, my best friend. Oh. That's who is embracing me in that photo down there behind the, the pair.
2: Behind the pair. This pair?
0: Yeah. You look towards the wall. Oh, yeah. He's embracing me. Live on stage. <laughs> that's cute. Um, <clears throat> but h- him and his friends, uh, will say, how you sleeping? And it's like, wow. What oh, a good, I like that. That's a genius way of, because if you're having shitty sleep, you're going to say why it's shitty. So like, yeah. I haven't been getting sleep because that, 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 and then yeah, it, it opens up to that emotional response, which is, that's really, I had never thought of it in that phrasing, like good and well are not really emotional responses.
1: No, it's like oatmeal.
0: Yeah, how's your oatmeal? Is like oatmeal.
1: Yeah, you like that? <laughs> <laughs> For real? I feel like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that. How are you sleeping? How are you sleeping? To, and see what people say. I'll get back to you on that.
0: It's funny because we we used to open like every episode with that on the the other podcast, and it was it's funny like because I was making a compilation of like funniest moments, or whatever, mm-hmm. and how frequently. All of us were like terrible. If somebody was sleeping good, it was a rarity. So Yay. somebody'd be like, I'm actually sleeping good now.
1: Well, is it did you sleep really good last night or that was the yeah. crash? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, gonna yeah. like for for me anyway, I don't I mean it's a just typical thing that I don't sleep well. Yeah. Um I, I'm a cat basically. I sleep better during <laughs> the day,
0: but Oh absolutely.
1: Yeah, so, um, but usually if I'm not sleeping very well and then the crash will happen mm. and then I'm going to sleep really well that night though.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah because
1: yeah. it I'm so tired.
0: Do you find that your dreams are like extra crazy on those nights?
1: They're like pretty vivid. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah.
0: Because my body's like trap them in a mental fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> cinema world. Because we're gonna recharge everything, so keep keep them in there. As long as they're good dreams,
1: um, like positive ones. If they're like stressful and just anxiety provoking, then I wake up even more tired. Yeah, it's
0: that, that's not funny. You want to redo? It's like when you eat something that didn't taste that good. You're like <laughs> I'm full, I guess, but I want something that doesn't taste like shit.
1: Yeah, this isn't satisfying. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So with speaking of things not being satisfying, um, when it comes to the, like, so you're going to school for something that seems like it's going to be really rewarding. Yeah. Um, and as with everybody, everybody's Mm -hmm. all doughy eyed and like, this is, I'm going to change the world. And then you go out and there's a 60 year old woman who says, Hey, room two just shit himself. Also, we're out of Narcan. Also, and you're oh. just
1: like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's a vibe, actually. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that the, my biggest pet peeve of when people sit, when I tell them like what I do is like, oh my God, that must be so rewarding. <laughs> and I want to be like, bitch, no. <laughs> like, I mean, we not,
0: have a 5% success rate, it is not rewarding at all.
1: Also the disclaimer, I, I swear a lie, you guys, so it's fine.
0: I mean we was just talking about the a penis, the Great. Yeah, the
1: <laughs> Great. <laughs> I know, I know. But um no, that's it's so true though. I get like I get a little irritated, like a little eye twitch happening when I hear that statement because it's just kind of like if you knew what it actually looked like on the inside, um, you wouldn't think that. They just because it's oh, I don't even know how to like break this down, but Let it's like, a it's like a, when somebody says like, you know, oh, this is what I do, you know, oh, I work with people who struggle with addiction and on the outside, like looking in, that seems really, you know, admirable and just superhero, right? That's, mm-hmm. not, that's what it kind of looks like. But I mean, once you're, it's it's not, it's not well, what it looks it's, like. It's
0: like modeling and photography. Like people would often say like so like you just get to have fun for your work and it's like I mean there's aspects that are fun, but that's with any job yeah like there you you can find a a fun vein in accounting, I'm sure um, <laughs> I'm sure there's some math jokes that just fucking kill <laughs> <laughs> but uh hey, you guys seven eight nine um, <laughs> but like the, it's You know, especially when I was doing weddings, it's like you don't understand. It's like fourteen hours of just burning all the calories, eating like just a dinner roll or what. Like, there's so much fucking work that goes into it, and people don't see that because they see the the product, right? And so with addiction, their thought is, "Oh, you saved, you get to save someone's life," and it's like, man, you don't. It's so depressing when I tell people like how often relapse happens and I'm like I constantly am like, I'm lucky. I'm I'm doing good, but like it shit could change at any moment. Like, well, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that's what they think. He's they people. know they save themselves. Just give them some tools and
0: Yeah. Well, I suppose like they're they're know. not writing letters back and being like, hey, you specifically helped me through whatever. Like, right. Most of the time, they're out and they want to forget about all of that shit. Like, yeah, I
2: exactly. can't even
0: remember the name of the wing that I was on in Hazelden anymore, and that was only coming up on three years now. It's also crazy to think, but um,
1: because you have like nine hundred days, right?
0: Yeah, it hit nine hundred, which is cool. That's awesome. Yeah, but I also look <laughs> at that number and. I think like, because there's so much weight in, I, I just met a lady who hit three months and I was like, that's fucking awesome. And she's like, ah, it's only, you know, it's 90 days. It's like, I was trying to downplay it. And I was like, dude, any day that you're sober, that's a good fucking day. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I, I don't check my sober thing that much because I don't want to tie like my overall success to that number. Right. Like being just just being able to be sober and not you know completely spiral out of control, that's all that we're looking for. so the number of days doesn't matter if you drank one night, went out of control, and then you woke up the next morning and you're like super resentful and you know just ashamed of your entire life like i i I wish that people could see it as just a slip up, which is really good that uh people in your profession do like coming up with different words rather than full on relapse. Right. I think that's super, super important. Um, because then if somebody relapses, they go, well, fuck it. I, 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 bent and now what's the point in.
1: Right. Like I lost all that time. Yeah. It basically what they think. And it's, but same thing is, Oh, I've only been sober. Whatever. Mm. They'll
0: stay. And it's like, Could well, you grab that- this guy? Go. Yeah, there you go. better. Yeah,
1: perfect. No, but people say like, oh, I've, been, I've only been sober thirteen days, and like you said, downplay it. It's just like, well, that's thirteen days that you didn't have thirteen days ago. Yeah, you know, I mean, it just takes, it just takes time.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, you'll you'll get years eventually, right? That's the goal. And um, and they kind of they're. They were more accepting of that. Like everybody started with one day.
0: Yes. So, also yeah. that thing about the camel with the knees and the water. <laughs> I don't know. It's an AA thing.
1: <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to look this up now. Uh
0: fuck! What is it? Uh, it it ties to God, so I'm not like a huge fan of it. But, um, it's like I'm like the camel um, who uh, goes down to its knees twice a day. Um, once for water and I don't know, but yeah. So like the concept being like, you only need the one to fulfill yourself. So like you don't need your whole life doesn't need to be this fantastical thing. Like people don't realize like the, the biggest part of sobriety is the fact that you get to be bored again. Like, they forget that life is boring. A lot of life is pretty boring. You know, like you go yeah. home, there's nothing going on. And most of the time though, we were like, I don't have anything to do, so I'm gonna drink, or I don't have anything to do, so I'm gonna do this. Like that we would fill our time with with that. Yeah, with substance. And when they don't have anything going on, they get like
1: well, I'm, I'm That's not- like the number one thing I hear <laughs> is boredom. Mm. when they're bored i'm like well i mean you're gonna have to figure out like something to fill that with because otherwise you're gonna go right back
0: to it or don't like or like just you get what i'm saying like you're not always gonna have something to do
1: well i mean right but i mean i don't know what how other people view it i get bored
0: yeah and you should
1: you know i've but this up here, this, this isn't bored. It's going constant. So I see what you're saying. You know, I don't let it get don't get sucked in, but it's constantly going. You know, I, if I'm at home and I'm like, wow, it's really boring here. But I have cats. You know, oh, I'm going to turn on, like, the television and go do something. Most of the time, I'm home alone a lot. Um,
0: no, uh There's a 300-pound bodyguard that lives with you.
1: I know, right? I know. He protects me from the... T- <laughs> The children. <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, but uh, like I'll turn the TV on sometimes just so it, it doesn't feel like I'm alone.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I get what you're saying now. So they fill time in, in the sense that like rather than ruminating in the fact that they're bored.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I get Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. So, yeah. So I guess it, my version is saying like once you accept that boredom is a part of life, Then you can look at other things and be like, I'll just fucking take a nap, dude. I've got shit going on. Naps. Naps are the best.
1: I just had this conversation yesterday, actually, with someone. And, you know, they're just like, same shit, day in, day out. It's boring. And I'm like, that's true, 100%. However, if it wasn't like that, you wouldn't enjoy, like, vacations or fun days off. As much because that's what your day is. And therefore you would be bored by those things now.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, another thing that people don't, I don't hear enough is like when I was like drinking as much as I was, if somebody called me and was like, hey, do you want to hang out? Do you want to go do something? I'd have to make up some excuse as to why I can't because I'm drunk. Mm -hmm. But now if somebody called me up and wanted to do something or like, so the fact that you can leave. Whenever you want and not be afraid that you're under the influence and could get, you know, in, in trouble for getting behind the wheel. Right. Like, that's a huge thing. And so I feel like that opens up the world because that whole being boxed in and that boredom is like, but if I wanted to, I could just go do whatever right now.
1: Right. I mean, go play
0: like, mini golf. And you wouldn't be
1: like ashamed of seeing somebody if they saw you.
0: Yeah. And right? when you're screaming and cursing and someone's like, oh dude, drunk, You're like, no, nine hundred days sober. I just fucking hate this hole. And then they just think you're an asshole. And they just accept that sometimes you're an asshole.
1: I mean, I'm it, an it asshole, happens. Is what I'm trying it to say. It happens sometimes, you know? <laughs> I mean, you're an asshole. Everybody's got an asshole, I guess. So yeah, it works
0: out. <laughs> it works out. No asshole shaming here. But yeah, you're you're right in in, in the in the sense of like Got to stop thinking that the boredom equates to you having nothing.
1: I mean, that's why it's really healthy. um You know, I don't do this enough myself, but it's to just be thankful for like what you've got. If you name three things in the morning that you're thankful for, usually your day is a little bit better.
0: Do you vo- like out loud say that?
1: Um, sometimes if I'm struggling to like fight through, like I don't want to say the voices because that's not it, but like the negative self-talk i will say it out loud um most of the time i can just say it mentally a lot of times it's on like when i'm in the car actually because i mean i have no distractions other than like i'm just looking forward and i'm driving wherever it is i'm supposed to be going you know it's
0: funny you have no distractions but you should have lots of distractions because you're driving
1: i mean i don't know haven't you ever like gotten in your car Mm -hmm. and you can't remember how you got
0: there yeah that's bad
1: no it's not because like (laughs) it's not so i mean if you're not actually paying attention but i mean sometimes you just like kind of daydream and think about stuff but you're still like paying attention. You
0: go into robot mode. Yeah.
1: yeah you get it? Like, it's
0: weird. Like, right. I know. It's kind I, of like scary for, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like for people who have anxiety, like my Alex and I have talked about this where we're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> How did I get here? Did I run someone over? I have no idea. There was a sign that said bump, but maybe there was somebody. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but um, so I've, I've heard that the actual vocalizing of things can change something physiologically? Yeah. Is that the right word? Physiologically? Like, yeah, mentally yeah. and stuff, yeah. um, It can, yeah, it can have a change. Uh, I, I just started doing it for, like, little kiddos that come to get piercings, and they'll say, scared, I'm scared, and I say, can you try saying I'm brave? Even if you're not, just try to, try to say, I'm brave, and I'm brave.
1: <clears throat> and then they... Fight through it, yeah. And then yeah.
0: Rage Against the Machine comes on, and they're like, yeah, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah. No, I had a group kind of about that too. Um, positive self-talk. So we talked about um, like negative. Um, oh my gosh, words, words, missing,
2: n- uh, like, like the negative. So, like, n- speak initial
1: or- like negative thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of like I mean just an example, is, it's a really basic one, but you know, I'm I'm really terrible at math, so I'm stupid. Mm. So and then, like switching that to no, I'm not stupid, I just learn different. You know. Mhm. Um, just being able to switch it and, and it's really hard to do. Yeah. It gets easier, but I mean, I get stuck sometimes even, you know, it it it, it, it can be difficult.
0: Yeah. Um, when it comes to the the mental health side of things, because did you do so? Did you study psych stuff while in school? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the psychology aspect of mental health or of uh, addiction, I feel like, is one of the like most understated or underappreciated facets to recovery. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like with all of these things, um, the the negative self talk. Um, if it's frequent, someone might not know that they have dysthymia, where it's just your baseline is some type of depression. Mm-hmm. And so you're just constantly disappointed in yourself. And sometimes that gets worse. And so, like, w- with that low success rate, um, I feel like the, the big missing component is the fact that nobody really wants to confront their trauma or what certain actions that they did what those really mean. Yeah. Like they think that I did this because I was under the influence. That that can be true, certainly. But on top of that, what hit you in the way that you thought, I'm going to punch the window out in this car? Like what about substance activates this aggravated part of you? You know what I mean? Like,
1: Yeah. I mean, most of the time, I don't think I've ever... Anybody that doesn't have a mental health issue um, that is an addict. Yeah. That's um, so why. Now, are you
0: saying in what you recognize or they vocalize?
1: Um. So. I can't diagnose or anything, but, but you can see it.
0: That's like Kim and I, were like, we don't mm. diagnose, but that person is on the spectrum for sure. For sure. And we're going to work our way in because people are talking to them in a way that's not respecting the fact that they're overstimulated right now. But, but it's true. So like
1: they might be like, no, I don't have any mental health and deny everything. And you can't do a whole lot if they don't want the help. Right. But if you can just sometimes see it. Yeah. Um, and behavior and it will get more noticeable the longer you're sober because it's no longer like is a psychosis. It is this like a mental health condition mm-hmm. that should be treated. But kind of like you have to they have to want that as well. Yeah. So not only do they have to want help in, you know, getting sober, but they have to want the mental health piece of it because without that. They're going to go back. Yeah. I mean, you just can't.
0: Did I... Have you heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect? I don't think so. The... Like, the funny way of describing it is stupid people lack the capacity to recognize that they're stupid. That's, like, uh, there was a, a writer that had, had written that. Um, but the concept being, if you're too deep into a thing, you don't recognize what's really going on mm-hmm. like people who are in you know were in scientology for 20 years and their motivation is all it's all in this bubble yeah so they can't hear they can't see out so the like bubble. unless somebody comes and says hey i don't know if you noticed but when this happens you seem to you know uh kind of shut be shut off or whatever right Mm -hmm. Um, they're not, they're not even thinking about it. They don't even realize the things that are happening. Like my uncle has massive social anxiety and his thing is always like, there's just always something going on where he doesn't need to be wherever we're going. You know what I mean?
1: So like, does he not recognize that he's got anxiety?
0: No, has no idea. Okay. And that's really interesting. You know what I mean? So I
1: do because like, I didn't know I had anxiety mm mm-hmm. yeah
0: when when did you finally um
1: i went to therapy because i was like well you know i'm out do you of, remember how old you were yeah i was 21 okay i, I started therapy uh pretty pretty early mm. um you know which is odd because most people are like oh it'll get better mm-hmm. which i real i recognized pretty quickly wasn't the case thankfully well, good for but, you um, no, I went in and it was just like, you know, word vomited, like all these things. And they, you know, they did diagnose you and things. And I was diagnosed with ADHD um, when oh. I was younger. But I think that I probably still have that. But it's really anxiety and ADHD look the same. Yeah, for sure. Um, And they do, especially in children.
0: Mm. Um, so, oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. And like. I started to kind of think about it. I was like, actually, they might be right because I would think back to this specific time where I would get really anxious. Like, let's say the bus comes at like 8.05 and it's like 8 o'clock. Okay. And I haven't left the house yet to go make it onto the bus. My stomach would hurt. I'd feel really nauseous. Wow. Or like I had to go to the bathroom. And I was like, she's like, yeah, that's anxiety. And I didn't read, like, they don't talk about that in school. Like, I didn't know. Like, so I think it's really common.
0: Yeah. It's it's weird the way, like, (laughs) there's all these things that, like, there's a fad of. It's popular in the news to talk about mental health. So it's perceived as, like, we've got now. Okay, guys. It was in the news for a month, so we've got it under control. And it's, like, they have no fucking idea what they're talking about. No. First of all. Second. The thing that they're pur- purporting is like, <laughs> it, I mean, they're, they're, what they think they're talking about is someone gets so sad that they want to commit suicide. And we met a guy who almost did it, but didn't. And now he wrote a book and we're so excited to have him. Please welcome Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like no, it,
1: I know, and that's like really irritating.
0: It's like you guys don't understand the nuance of how many diagnoses are like a potential. What America's baseline seems to be, because uh, what is it? A fifth of American adults are on some type of uh, prescription. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, and every eleven minutes, a suicide is attempted in mm-hmm. the United States. Yeah. And ADHD looks different in everyone and anxiety looks different in everyone. Like it's, it's not like getting cancer. And so everybody can be like, ah, my aunt had cancer and blah, 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 blah. Right. Like,
1: it's not like something you can see.
0: Yeah. Well, and even if you have an example in your life, doesn't mean that the next person is going to have the same rituals to try to uh combat their anxiety, even if they don't realize that they have it. whatever things that they do to try to feel better about it is gonna look different in every person
1: right, and it looks so different like high functioning anxiety look like, oh my gosh, hello, that's me um high functioning is just you you appear like really bubbly, um which I mean that's my personality type anyway, but it just kind of increases it. um, I know a lot of high functioning. Anxious people, yeah. So you know, it's like perfectionism and all of those types of things. It's, it, I would say, it's definitely like the people that when they find out if if people find out like something's wrong, like you're, you know, just maybe get a breakdown, like for real.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, they're like, oh well, she's you know, they seem so happy.
0: My anxiety is tied really tightly to my codependency stuff. Okay. Um, it's all. Like the perception of if I make a mistake to somebody that I care about or somebody that had high hopes for a thing, Mm -hmm. then it sticks with me for life because it's it's not just that a mistake was made. I did it. Me, I'm the one that did it. No way. I care way too much about this person. There's no. How could I have let that happen? Like it's a it's it's no good.
1: But when you like turn it inward.
0: Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, it will fuck me up for the rest of the day for sure. Um, and then if I'm caught in a dumb lie that like I thought was going to help, I'm like, I don't know how to explain to you like I did this because I want you to feel better. And the fact – so it just – yeah. So everything is like I'm the one that – I'm the only one that's going to be able to help you because I'm a, I have white knight syndrome. And then when I can't do it, I'm like, I, but I, I gave them all the hopes and the dreams. And now, oh my God. So yeah, anxiety with, now it's like small interactions with people. If I like, actually, this is the perfect example. I used to work at a cell phone store. Um, and that same year, my friend's dad passed away and we were friends, but like, We weren't super close, but, um, I drove two hours to go to his dad's funeral yeah, and just to make sure like, dude, I know we're not super close, but this is, I can't imagine what you're feeling. So I'm showing up. He knew that I worked with phones and they were trying to do something with their dad's phone. And he came to me and was like, do you know how to do the X, Y, Z? And I hadn't learned it at that point. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, dude, you know, took the phone and started a monkey with it. And I was like, fucking, fuck, none of this shit is working. And then somebody else came in and was like, oh, I know how to do it. And them taking the phone from me to do the thing. I was like, oh, my God, I just let this person down for life. Like, oh, you felt
1: like a failure.
0: Huge, hugely felt like a failure, even though there's no way that they remember that. You know what I mean? Like, so little interactions like that. It's it literally feels like I'm being compressed like a blech.
1: not a good feeling at all not a good feeling no. so yeah
0: So and some people with anxiety like I keep bringing it back to my boyfriend Alex <laughs> um, cute sometimes people feel like they have to appear to be in control because internally they feel wildly out of control yeah so they'll have like these strong stances on conversations and you're like you don't there's no way you actually give a shit about what we're talking about right now. Especially not this much. Right. You're way, way too invested right now. Um, so yeah, it's anxiety can look totally different, affect people totally differently. So when somebody comes up and says, If you ever need help, just text me or call me and it's like when I am fucking feeling this, I don't want to talk to anybody.
1: Yeah, I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs>
0: I just want to go watch America's Got Talent compilations and cry for nine hours.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's such a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. But it's- that's the truth though, because it's like, oh, that's so sweet. But I'm you know, I've had people say that, like, if you need anything, feel free to reach out and whatever. And I'm like, oh yeah, thanks. Even though I th- think they're just saying that to be nice. Yeah. Even though I've said it and I mean it.
0: Have you ever gone to somebody who said that? No,
1: (laughs) no, I haven't.
0: That's the this is there's a comedian that does a bit about this where they're like the person who says that is never who you want to fucking go to. Most of the time you're like, "Uh, "Thank you, never, never with you."
1: Like, oh, well, that's a really nice thought. Thanks so much. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like I I had a conversation with somebody about how weird it is that. Like if a friend passes away or if some like kind of tragic thing happens in your life, I don't go to my parents. I don't go to family members for that stuff. I go to some friend who I'm really close with Mm -hmm. instead of somebody else. And like how common that is, it should give like a good perspective on why when you say, if you need anything, text, call, whatever why we're not going to you. We have a person usually, or if we don't, and we're just sad fucks, but um, most of the time, there's a person that we really want to go to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like a, like a really close individual, like, like your know, like best friend. Yeah, or,
0: or somebody you've like trauma bonded with, and the experience is like, no one gets this, but this person. And... I know that yeah. if I text them, they're gonna be like, it's "Fucked up shit, huh?" Like I have, right?
1: Like they're gonna get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have uh, I have suicide buddies, <laughs> which is heavy to say. Yeah, but I have a couple of friends where it's like when you're feeling suicidal, they're the only ones that really get it. Without because you get to a point to where I know me currently, I'm not in any danger. Right. but I need to talk about this and not think that that person's going to call or they're going to drive over to my house and be like, what's going on? What do we need to do? And like, try to make life altering changes. I call this person. It's, it's like a war buddy. Like, yeah, we've been through this fucked up thing. And like, do you remember when yada, yada? And yeah.
1: I mean, I get that. Um, I mean, this is a really long, middle school for me but when you say you know a suicide buddy i mean i used to uh self-injure um and i had a friend that found out that they also did it and then we bonded over that like mm. it later on I and mean, we weren't actually like close friends but that was that was the bond is that we both did this and we both came from um we'll just say like broken homes mm-hmm. Um. So I, I get what you're saying, because you know, like you know, if something was showing, they would be like, "Hey, you cover it
2: up," you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because I we didn't want you know the guidance counselor, good god, that's like <laughs> you know the devil in school. Like, don't tell me what's going on. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. So I understand kind of what you're saying with that. Um. I've had some in my adult life. But I don't talk to them anymore. Yeah, the therapist for that now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say some. If the, if that's your only person that you go to, and like rather than trying to improve yourself, um, especially if that um, that bounce board, if you you're just rubber banding shit off of each other, and it's the same shit, but you don't want to change anything. Yeah, there's zero results or zero. Um, like improvements Uh, yeah Yeah. yes like growth um there's no um oh my god i was basing on a like i think i know what you're saying like there's no desire to change anything you just want to do this so that you don't feel as fucked up because there's another person that knows the thing
1: well right because they kind of validate like well i feel like that too
0: validate there we go you know yeah um yeah, the, you just want the validation of the 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 these two scenarios rather than so. A like thing that was really hard for me because of codependency, I would let people just do that and 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 I would say my things. I horrible with boundaries, um, and so I would you know say all of the things and, and let them know that they're not alone and and all those things, but then you come back for round two. And you just want to do the same thing that we did last time. I'm like, okay, so what do we do now? Yeah. Like and, what's going to change. From- and if they connected with me on something like uh hypomania, so like basically bipolar, um, if you have bipolar tendencies and we connect on that and you want to come to me with some shit and I'm like, we got to be careful though. Right. Because we're prone to this thing. Mm-hmm. So if you want if that's what the bond that you want, we got to have, some options as to uh, what we're going to do if these things happen. Um, and I, I guess I'm, I'm curious, like, have you, how long have you lived alone for?
1: Um, So I have a roommate now.
2: Oh,
0: you do?
1: I do. Um, But I lived alone in a previous to like having a roommate. Um, I lived alone for, I want to say it was like four, three and a half years ish um it was rough especially during covid like the start of covid oh my gosh and i worked in overnight at the time oh no oh yeah oh yeah Uh, so i didn't see or talk to anyone and i was like a vampire so um so that was rough um but i'm like thankful i have a roommate because i mean he they're my best friend so we check in with each other oh that's awesome yeah I mean, even it's just you know to bitch, but sometimes you just need like a vent session. Yeah, it's not like all the time, but um,
0: you need a sass hour.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but they work opposite shifts than me, mm. so it's kind of like I live alone. Um, mm. during the week.
0: Oh okay. Right. So. But that's nice. So, like on the weekends, you guys know that you're going to see each other.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean sometimes I wish that they worked a different shift but then realistically I probably know that I would like get the fuck out of here you're annoying (laughs) me like in the most loving way possible I mean that in a loving way but you know we all get annoyed with people it's normal
0: it's hard to know when to stop being polite like I mean for me especially but like the when like the Minnesota goodbye oh my gosh it lasts forever (laughs) um it it applies to friendships like way more because especially if you live with somebody it's like should i be suggesting that we play a board game right now kind of hope that they need to do something else because (laughs) i really want to just go watch twilight again
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, like not feeling the need to entertain each other and like have to do things together, you're totally okay to be alone but then be home. Mhm. Yeah, no, I feel that.
0: But but back to the the years where you were, you know, like genuinely living alone. Yeah. Um when you're having these heavy conversations with patients, um what was your your like how do you decompress? Or do you remember like did it um, seem harder when you were going through that shit by yourself versus having the roommate now?
1: Um it's different. Okay. I would say. Um, I was in therapy then. So, you know, I would talk about it if I needed to.
0: But how often do you get to see a therapist?
1: Once a week, usually. Yeah. But, you know, the gym at that time was really big for me because mm. You know, it's well, number one. It's healthy for you, but being that I didn't see the daylight and I didn't have much social interaction, it just made me feel good. Um, but now it's different, just because I'm in a more stressful position. Mm. Um, I would say, and I don't work out anymore.
0: Well, that's good. So, like, um. I mean with with what you're going through currently mm-hmm. um it, actually that it might be better is you know re- like within the last 3 months okay. yeah did you find that your coping mechanisms were not working
1: oh yeah they faltered mm-hmm. for sure cuz my main po- coping mechanism outside of like you know obviously therapy and learning those types of things but it was the gym but you can't Go to the gym when you're not eating properly.
0: Oh, so like
1: that's my cope, right? I mean, and I was also in a. Um,
0: that's interesting. So was your career affecting your eating yeah. habits too? Interesting.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, breaks. and You know, you can take a break whenever you want, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that I mean, that's just not realistic uh because the workload is so much.
0: exactly i was just gonna say sure i'll take a break but then i have twice as much to do when i get back
1: yeah so it's kind of like you know it was a win if i got to have a snack during the day um so it affected my eating habits and you know i wanted to go to the gym but you can't go to the gym if you have only had 500 calories today i mean you could but it's frowned upon
0: but
1: it's round upon
0: um that's interesting i try to st- i don't know if this is fucked up or not but i try to stay at like when i work at the tattoo shop i try not to eat more than 500 calories what yeah what do you
1: have before you go in nothing you
0: don't eat yeah
1: what i mean just just gum. Like. that doesn't count that's like five calories a
0: it's true <laughs>
1: um No, but, like, I would try to have, like, a 300-calorie, like, yogurt in the morning, and hopefully I could have, like, another one in the middle of the day, and then I would have a big meal. Or, like, my most of my calories would come in at night if I could, but I don't know. Do you ever get just sick of eating? Because I get sick of eating. Like, can't I just drink my food?
0: Yeah, I get, like, sick of the fact that all I want to eat are the shittiest things.
1: That's because, like, those are comforting. Like, those yeah. are like, mm. hmm. Yeah. Some cold stone, get all your calories in one hit.
0: I've right? had a shitty day. I'm going to, yeah, buy a king size caramello and watch Skinwalker Ranch.
1: I'm just saying that's another coping skill. <laughs> you, you eat your feelings, I guess, which, yeah. but, but yeah, it was, it was impacting, like, my eating. Therefore, like, my other coping skill I couldn't use, but it was, like, reinforcing the not eating. Coping oh. skill, yeah, yeah. It was. I don't know. It just. Um, well, but you- my cop my other coping skills also failed because my mental health just tanked. Like I would say, over the last hmm, two years. Two years. Well, that's around the time I entered the field officially.
0: Uh oh.
1: Yeah. As like case management,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it just started to. It was like a slow decline, I would say, and then.
0: Is it that the workload is different than what you thought it was going to be, or is it just um, <clears throat> mismanaged still to a to a point? Does that make sense?
1: Like time management, you mean? Or
0: um, <clears throat> on the uh, what is it called the proprietor? No, your hiree. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but in in the sense that, like, I could get this stuff done, but I'm being asked to do these other things.
1: Um, it could be maybe a little bit of both, but I would okay. say just the workload.
0: The workload in general. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's just like the expectations are just ridiculously high.
0: Because you have to like physically document everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like documentation, you know admissions, all that kind of stuff. Um, there's just, there's too many people that need help, and I don't have another one of me. Yeah, you know. Um. Also, there's the turnover for mental health and LADCs in general is so high because burnout is so prevalent that you know we're just we're losing. Uh, you know people in the field at an alarming rate yeah but you know what do you do with that
0: like yeah a friend of mine uh just told me that his 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 aunt uh had been or we were talking about mental health stuff and i said i had talked to this therapist and he was like oh my my aunt was a therapist and i was like oh of course was and uh he's like yeah she did it for 12 years and i'm like
1: "Oh shit." Right. That's pretty good.
0: (laughs) But like, you know, you compare that to somebody who's worked for a tool company for 30 fucking years and it's like, why is it so easy to do or why is it so hard to stick it out in these fields? People don't focus on that.
1: Well, I feel like so. I've had this conversation or something similar to it where it's kind of like, you can try it as hard as you want not to bring the work home with you, but it's going to be oh. up here. And usually I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at, you know, not letting that affect me.
0: When but, you say not letting it affect you, though. Yeah. It still has that space. It still has real estate in your mind. Well, yeah,
1: but, you know, I'm not going to like obsess over it.
0: Okay. I see what you're saying.
1: Um, I'm usually pretty good at it. I would... But, like, I would say, like, the last, like, mm, six to eight months, not so good. Mm. But it's different if you're working, like, retail or, like, you said, a tool company or, you know, whatever it is. You don't have to bring that home with you mentally. You can clock out or whatever and just be, like, later, Mm -hmm. you know, and it'll still be there when you get back in the morning. Yeah. Or whenever you go. But... Um, it's not quite like that when you work with people.
0: Yeah. The the thing that I've been thinking about lately with mental health and addiction is most of the time you you don't have just one person that's counting on you. You have like a family mm-hmm. behind that that's counting on you. You have there's there's just so much like pressure on <laughs> on one person. Um, I mean, coworkers, it's like, they all kind of get it, I think, where it, I don't think you get quite as much pressure or it's a different kind of pressure. Right. Um, but yeah, when you have a family or a mom looking you in the eyes and is like, so is it, is it better now? Is it going to get better? And you're like, I don't fucking know, man.
1: Well, I mean, I haven't had to deal with that, thankfully, but you know, um, I've gotten the comment. Well, you're, you're the, you know, you're the expert, which is basically mm. saying like, well, I want, it's your job to fix me. And it's not, it's, you know, I can be there for you and give you skills. um, You know, obviously we'll, you know, set up some resourcing and that kind mm-hmm. of thing, but it's not, it's not my job. Like, I think that I'm 20%, you're 80, ah. you know, um, I can give you this. And if you decide that you're not going to use it or you're going to just throw it in the trash, um, that's totally on you. Um, at that rate, I'll do my best, but I'm not going to I'm not going to work harder than you.
0: Mm. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. So, you know, I mean. That's another reason why I could never do what you guys do is because my codependent nature is just like I would invest in every fucking person that I meet way too much. And then I would just bury myself in the ground with the amount of failure
2: because that's what it would
0: feel like. If I see you again, fuck, what did I do wrong? Rather than it having to be that person does. I'm I'm not I'm not driving you to work. I'm not doing these things like you have to figure out how to do that shit on a on a basic level. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, that did happen, actually.
0: Um, you have somebody to work? N-
2: no,
1: yeah, all the time. Just kidding. <laughs> no, um, where like they they ended up coming back, um, to a facility, and I'm just like, okay, so.
0: And you had to work with them again?
1: I didn't. I didn't. But okay. um, obviously, like they were familiar with me, so mm. they were going to talk to me. But you know, I would be like, so what happened? They would tell me, and I'd be like, well, what did you learn? Hmm. Like what? What are you gonna do different this time? Like what didn't work? Cause like, like I, you know, I'm, I fucked up. I failed. It's like, mm, I mean, in some aspect, okay. But what did yeah. you learn? And what are you gonna do different? Really is what yeah. it is. I mean, you're alive, right? So that's something. Yeah. Um, but I would say, there's always a thought of like could I have done something different or did I not notice X, Y, and Z? Oh.
0: And like, l- th- that's not true
1: either. I don't think.
0: Um, Cause how much time do you get with them? Like how many people are they seeing in facilities that you work at?
1: I mean, it depends on the, on the facility, but
0: you know. Um, Cause when I was in treatment, I bounced around. I would see like like five counselors, uh therapist, and depending on the day, a psychologist.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say like upwards of, you know, like fifty people. I'm not saying that they're, you know, um you know, everybody's got like their their home person, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, right, right, right. But I mean you're still seeing them, right? Mm-hmm. So not a lot of time, especially not one-on-one because yeah. like, I'm not a therapist. So you don't, you don't pay me to like come into my office and chat for an hour. Um, you have an office? I have an office.
0: Oh, my God. I know. Killing it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's really bougie when I say, <laughs> you know.
0: Um, but, yeah, that, that, that's tough, too, because, yeah, you, you really do only have so much time. And then somebody else is going to talk to them about a thing. And most of the time I saw people latch on and say like, there's this counselor named Jason who was a former addict. Um, and, uh, the, the, the phrasing is escaping me, but, um, when you go from one addiction to the next addiction,
1: um, Cross addiction. Cross
0: addiction. There we go. Uh, so he had cross addictions uh, when it came to pornography. And none of these guys wanted to talk to anybody but him. And it's like, he, he is like homeroom, but he also leaves that wing and goes and talks to people. Right. So he's not like just ours. Mm-hmm. We don't get all of his time. And well, exactly. then the documentation, dude. Like mental health and addiction counseling like the amount of paperwork it's probably the only thing in like film and movie that like actually translates is like just the fucking amount of yeah well now it's like files but still
1: if i would have known that my (laughs) job was paperwork i mean obviously that's not my only job but you know i got an hour with an with an individual and then i have three hours of paperwork. Like, Ugh. I was like, oh my gosh, that's something they didn't say in school. Like, it's true. Uh, basically, once you graduate and you get your licensure, everything learned in school, other than the ethics portion, um, goes out the window.
0: mm mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, people bringing paperwork ho- home or their laptop home. And- it's just a norm. Yeah
1: it's a norm which is unfortunate because you know you might be getting paid because people like to do salary because you can you know you can work as long as you need to but you still get paid the same. Oh, sure. Um it's ideal for for companies mostly but which is whatever it's you know it's also a business. Yeah. I can I get that. Um
0: I get it. You have to go to Cabo twice a year. <laughs> I've never been out of the US so Oh, I meant like the the person who's paying you.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I got you.
0: <laughs> yeah. I get it. the guy The guy who owns Centricare, he he needs a
1: private plane. I get it. I mean, you know, sometimes you just need those things to <laughs> fulfill the void in your
0: soul. I don't it, know. I I I have like no remorse for people who own these facilities, and like you barely ever see their face, and they're. I don't know why we're, like, privy to how much money they make or, like, why that has to be um, reported on. But you hear about it all the time and it's like, what the fuck, man? There's people that are coming to you because their life is a total fucking wreck. Yeah. And what are you doing? You're, you're letting all of these other people get burnt out and then you're getting upset because we're not pulling in enough patients and it's like they might be dying, dude. I don't fucking know. Like maybe that's why people aren't here because we get burnt out. We don't have the resources to help them, but this is fucking
1: Well, it's kind of like at one point do this is like you know, obviously i all get into the helping field because we want to help people and see people succeed. But um at what point do you say I'm out? Because like When you can't implement the things that you're teaching, like, you know, self-care and all these things, like, these are what you should be doing, but I'm going to go over here and don't you worry and not use any of that because I don't have the energy, you know, I kind of feel, you kind of feel like a little icky, like a little hip, like a hypocrite almost, Mm -hmm. even though that's not how you want it to be, but I won't lie to you. I mean, I mean, that happened to me a little bit, not to the full effect, like I'm still obviously going to therapy and trying to work on it, but when I don't have like the mental space for it. Um, because I went I'm even I'm an EMDR. And you know, when You're doing
0: EMDR? Yeah.
1: Oh. Like for me. How's it going? It goes really well when I can when I have the mental energy to do it because <laughs> it's like a lot of it's hard. Yeah.
0: It's um, funny. I either hear it's one of two. It's never like it's going okay. It's always it works or it's a fucking nightmare? <laughs>
1: um, So I'm going to like put those together. Ah. They're both. <laughs> They're beautiful, actually. <laughs> uh, no, I really love it. Um, And, and like the because I, I, the way I see it is I view these things when it happens like as a movie. Mm. Like, I can see it um, and you can feel it and all these things. But it definitely helps. So anxiety is not as bad as it used to be. But when you don't have like like, your job is too taxing so you Mm -hmm. don't have the energy to do it. Yeah. Like I'll still go to therapy but I won't necessarily do EMDR.
0: I I talk about therapy a lot. I haven't been since I was 18. Oh. Which seems odd but I've been trying to like find a way because when you're talking about feeling icky I definitely feel icky when I ask people like are you going to therapy are you doing this and that Mm -hmm. and i don't do any of that shit but what i do do is this and i'm constantly confronting my mental health not as an excuse but as like a tool to say okay so i have a diagnosis Mm -hmm. right so if i um bought vip tickets as because i thought it would be funny to buy the most expensive tickets to like this low level gaming convention that is happening in Minnesota for Landon and I to go to. It's just hilarious to me to spend $300. And Kim is like, what the fuck? You just spent $300 not talking to me because you thought it would be funny. I'm like, why did I do that? Oh, my massive ADHD makes me prone to like funny ideas. I go, oh, yeah, it'd be hilarious if we drove to Alabama right now. Like, if something hits me in the right way and I shouldn't be doing it, Mm -hmm. I'm still very susceptible to doing that thing because of ADHD. So it's not that I go, oh, I did did it because of, you know, I have fucking ADHD. What are you going to do? I go, why? Okay. So I have to look out for moments of spending a lot of money or going on a trip or these things because I'm, I'm prone to it so even though i don't go to therapy i'm constantly like analyzing my actions and using my diagnoses as like tools to try to work through it so that i don't do a thing again does that make sense yeah so like if, if you're what one of those cause, you know like yeah what, yeah so if you're one of those people who's like therapy is not for me fine you can manage without it, but you then you have to do the work. You like people will complain about like I don't have time in my day to go, you know, for an hour or two to do this thing, and it's like fine. You you definitely have time when you're taking a shit and playing angry <laughs> Bir- Angry Birds on your phone. Like listen, like read something or listen to a podcast that talks about you know mental health or. Do something don't just say ah, I don't have time so therefore right I'm just freeballing
1: I mean I love my therapist like I don't I I don't know like how I would have dealt with some things I've been in therapy for like a long time but um she is a better resource or tool in terms of like seeing things objectively
2: mm.
1: she's not somebody that's in my life she's there for for that hour once a week, um, and her main concern is me. Wow, right?
0: That's so, a great way of looking at it.
1: Um, but she'll, you know, obviously she would call me on my shit if, like, she be like, you fucked up," <laughs> like, you know, um, she would. But, but it's nice that whereas friends are like in your corner, even if they probably shouldn't be. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, it's easy to because you don't you just don't want your friend to feel bad. Whereas the therapist knows I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but I am going to point out the thing, and then we can work through it. So, like a friend is, you know, if they point out the thing, they feel like that means I'm not. I'm not saying you're a bad person. Yeah, I'm not saying I just you know maybe stop siphoning gas from school buses because kids need to get to school, but. I, If you need to keep doing it, I understand.
1: Yeah. Like they're not as like (laughs) direct into the point and pointing out like inconsistencies and behavior patterns. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Has the so these last, you know, two, three years, um, has it affected like, do you think long term you'll still be in addiction and working with folks like that?
1: It's interesting that you say that, um, just because, like, I've definitely thought about going back to school and switching it up entirely. Mm. Um, just because, like, is it worth it? And I'd like to say yes. And it's not, I don't think it's me. It's not that, like, I can't do it because I most certainly can, but at what risk? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to have a life and I want to be, like, mentally stable. Um. And it's like at what risk? So I'm going to give it more time. And, you know, with it doesn't turn out that it's for me and I'm not willing to sacrifice my entire life, Mm -hmm. which I mean, people are, you know, like I feel mixed views about that just because it's like, well, number one, you shouldn't have to. But number two, it's not I'm not saying that. These people don't need help. But so do I. Yeah. You know, um, it, realistically, the system's broken. Oh it's broken. God. So it's not me. Um, but, you know, I'm going to give it some more time. And if it turns out that, you know what, like my soul hurts and I can't do it, that's okay. Um, It was a learning, it's a learning experience, just like everything else um what i would do after this i don't even know yeah you know i that was never an option that was never like a well what's your backup
0: oh sure
1: you know my backup this was my backup (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna be an actress man like that's what i was gonna do you know back in
0: you uh, could still do it well you know what
1: i mean though that's (laughs) like the well what's your backup like what's your realistic
0: goal that's and a that's an issue with America, right? Oh, well, I mean, for a long time, is the perpetuating, follow your dream, whatever you're passionate about, just stick with it, and and God willing, it'll take care of it though. And nobody talks about the backup. It's like I don't. For some reason, we think that if you have a backup, that means you're admitting that you might fail at this other thing, right? And somebody was just saying. It was whatever you did. Um, so like this couple just broke up and they were together for 10 years and then they failed. And so the 10 years was a, in their mind a failure. And this lady was like, no, no, no. You, you were successful for 10 years. Yeah. So if you go into another thing, you were successful at that thing for however, however long. And now it just so happens you're going to do something else and you go and be successful at that. So like this, yeah, we, we, it's such a clusterfuck our society because follow your dreams, but if you fail, a fallen star. It's Isn't like, that so sad? It's like, so
1: fucked up. Not much mention, like, oh, the havoc. it re- It's just like on your mind. Yeah. It's just, like I failed.
0: It, 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 yeah, it's not bad enough that I feel like I failed at this thing, but you're going to be like,
1: Oh, that's okay. Yeah, and you can
0: kind of hear that tone of like, yeah,
1: not everyone can be a winner.
0: Like, oh God, I didn't yeah, that realize a... I failed that bad.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> and it's kind of like it's not, it's not even that. It's just, yeah. I mean, I was like, well, I could go to like, school for business, I guess. Like, I, I have no idea.
0: I, I, think... I
1: literally have no idea what I'd go to school for.
0: I mean, it's. It seems like environment is a pretty big like aspect of, I mean, in any job for sure. But when it comes to mental health, Mm -hmm. it's tough to find an environment that all around 360 has your back.
1: Well, right. And that's the thing is like people stay for um, the environment and the way you make them feel, not money. Yeah. I mean, money helps, let's be honest, but.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the you're absolutely right. Like the, the main thing is that we want, if I'm going to spend eight hours here, right, more time here than I am at home, then the environment better be pretty fucking good. Right. Like Exactly. Yeah. It's, I mean, I do not make that much money at the tattoo shop, but I've never been happier because the people that I work with give a shit about what they're doing. Like, it seems like it's this, like, a group of ruffians or whatever. Like, I mean, like, the stereotype for people with neck tattoos. And, I guess. I
1: don't know. I don't... Who are you talking to? Because... Well, well a lot like, of
0: older people... Well,
1: older people, like, that's different. Like...
0: But that's the thing. is like, I'm in a age bracket where there are people in their 40s who know what I'm doing. And they're like, you're 30... How, you're just now working at a tattoo shop? What's going on? Did you have a midlife crisis?
1: Oh, my gosh. Can I just say, like, you can tell them to shove it. Because, like, <laughs> there is no timeline on what your life is going to look like. Just because somebody got married and then they had kids and they have the white picket fence. I, that sounds awful, <laughs> in my opinion. But that that's what they want. Like, there's no timeline. Like, I mean, hell. People... Well, move in, then date, then have kids and then maybe get married. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's whatever. It's yes. like mind your business.
0: Yeah, dude. Oh man, <laughs> my my parents went back to school in their 50s. Yeah. Like if you're alive and kicking, do whatever the fuck you want. Like you Yes. 1000% dude. I So what I'm saying is like I think that whatever career you do, it's the 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 feeling of We're in this together rather than everyone running with their head cut off. Yeah. Like that's so huge in whatever you do, but especially if you're helping others, you've got to feel that support behind you.
1: Well, yeah. And that's the thing is just, you know, finding that support. I would say for an environment where I I also had left a job where I made more money and I took like a $3 pay cut or something, Mm. I think it was $3, it was...
2: Three hundred dollars maybe? Or
1: three no it's three dollars an hour, like three dollars an hour pay cut. So I went from like what was it like sixteen to like thirteen? Oh, okay. Which I was a poor college student, so like that was a big deal. That was a big oh. deal. Um the environment was great though. Like I loved working there and it was you know, I don't particularly love retail, but I loved the people that I was working with.
0: I that just reminded me. Sorry, I had to blow out my, my douche cloud. <laughs> but um, there's this guy that I worked with at that, that cell phone place. He worked there when I first got there and was just a, a shark-like, hardcore fucking salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you just take that sale for me? Like, very aggressive. He left and then three months later came back and was wearing, like, jeans and a hat. To work? Yeah. And I was oh, like, Oh wow. Fuck yeah, dude. And our boss didn't care. And I was like, why why did you because he he said he like talked up some shit about the next place he was going to. Oh, I'm gonna be making thousands more. We're gonna, fuck you guys. And then when he came back, he was like, I realized that being able to wear a hat to work was worth ten thousand dollars a year. And I was like, holy shit. You actually can put a price on comfort. Yeah, that's it it hit me and is stuck with me. I was uh, 19 when he told me that. And fuck, dude, that it made so much sense. Like at the tattoo shop, I can say whatever the fuck I want at any given point. Like we can make any kind of jokes we want. We can wear whatever we want. Like that is so huge. I every job I've ever had, every single one. I was like falling asleep and that's because ADHD I need stimulation yeah never happens when I'm at the tattoo shop even when there's nothing going on I'm just so fucking psyched that I'm there mm-hmm. that I don't care
1: well that's the kind of job you want I mean you spend most of your life either asleep or at work mm-hmm. um and it's just it's worth it it really is like I want I want to be at a place that like you, you know you <clears> feel like you feel like you feel like you you Right, the best version of you, not the false putting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Out. You know what I'm trying to say, like yeah, fake, yeah, yeah. like Barbie, like I'm gonna seize Barbie.
0: Um, the presentation. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You, you're, you, yeah, in a formal corporate environment, you have to present yourself versus just it's me, I'm here, and yeah. we're gonna work through this thing. Right. I was gonna say that before, like when when people stick it out in in those careers, it can change your personality it it can chip away enough to where like i laugh when i see crying kids in stores because it's a shared experience thing so like i go i know what that's like
1: oh for me i'm just like oh that's some birth control right there (laughs) (laughs)
0: um but so in that sense like it certain things can chip away at you where now when i hear that kid cry i'm like what the fuck get your kid under control. And I'm like agitated that this person isn't doing their job in the normal world. And I've I've seen that before where like people just can't handle now real life. It feels like you have to manage differently. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's sad to see that.
1: I mean, yeah. I think that's just kind of like how it is. You present this way and this is your tasks and we want you to be robot even though you work with people yeah. <laughs> like I mean I, I I was never good at it so <laughs> don't take advice from me guys like, I'm not good at it so I, you're very easygoing though well I know but like I mean I'm not gonna be I mean I shouldn't say that I mean that's a long way from now but I'm not gonna be like the head of a corporation you know what I mean but if I was it would be bomb yeah um but you know, I'm not, like, the shining star example of what you think of when you think of, like, corporate America.
0: Okay. I was going to say, are you thinking, like, the, the corporate environment? Like, Yeah. yeah and it's
1: kind of like, that's just not me. You know, um, I mean, if I'm uncomfortable, I'm not going to be. I'm, I'm wearing this this suit, so let's say, mm. like, business suit. That's not me. I You know what I love? I love me some comfy pants. Comfy and pants. And a sweatshirt is bomb. Yeah. yeah. hmm And I mean, when I started in the field, I would say, like, that's kind of how I viewed, like, how I was supposed to be. And eventually, I just stopped giving a fuck, um, <laughs> essentially. And I was just like, you know what? I, like, relate better to people when I wear, and within reason, of course, like, what I want and present in a way that I like. Yeah. Because nobody else has got to be on here. Me. Yeah. i got to be in here. So, like, if I'm not happy with, like, how things are going at work and how I'm supposed to present, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why. They, and it's not... not and everybody deals with this, I think. It's just... It's, can we just, like, drop that? Can we just drop, like, it, this it is a- what you're supposed to be?
0: It affects the way that people view your intentions. Yeah. Like, I, I was trying to say this on the... The last episode that you guys will see, because these are all garbled up, <laughs> but my throat was all dry and I was trying to tell the story about this guy named Dr. Meany, who was at Centricare when I was on the uh, adult mental health unit. Oh, I think time. I know all this. You know the story? I think I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So everybody else is dressed fairly accordingly, but this guy would show up in a three-piece suit, like fancy shoes. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, there's somebody who thinks that there is a, a bat in her sock right now. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you, you're, you're fucking this up. Like, you see somebody like that and you know what you look like. Like, we're all in uniform, basically. The, yeah. On the pay, resident side of things. And then someone like that walks in. You go, oh, fuck. Is he like a big wig or what? Right. And then you learn that that's the fucking guy that you're supposed to go talk to. That's the psychiatrist that we have to go talk to. Fuck me. And his name is Dr. Meany.
2: <laughs> Change have changed your that last fucking name, name dude.
0: <laughs> so I go and I'm talking to him and I'm like, my codependency brain is like, we're addressing this fucking outfit at some point. Mm-hmm. He's talking to me. I'm talking about su- or trying try to commit suicide because back problems. It's never going to get better. Yada, yada, yada. And he's like, oh, really? I, I just, I just push on the desk here and it decompresses my, and I'm like, I've seen 10 doctors guy. Do you fucking think that? Okay. So I'm sure already, my
1: face said it all, but.
0: <laughs> rough start. And then, uh, you know, his advice is just not, not the, the greatest. And at the end he's like, so, you know, uh, what do you think about your stay so far? Something to, to those effects. And I was like, It's been fine why do you wear that suit? And he was like, oh, you notice the, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I fucking noticed. And he's like, well, I read in like this business magazine that you need to uh, make sure that there's a clear divide um, so that people know what your position is. Are you seeing- and I was like, but do- in this environment, don't you think that like we like people feeling comfortable is like really important and, and when we see you people are kind of on edge because of yeah. how, how you're dressed and he was like well I want them to know that we're different
2: excuse me <laughs> I was like, that's like the exact opposite of what I say
1: like I'm just like a human that has problems that's trying to help another human that has problems yeah. like that's all
0: and if you're dressed the way that you like <laughs> like Odds are someone's going to go, oh, I love your outfit. Like at some point during the day, someone recognizes your outfit not as uh, like a hierarchy kind of thing where they have to figure out what the fuck you do to be dressing like that. Mm -hmm. If you're dressed like somebody that they would run into, then they're more prone to be like, look at you. You look great today.
1: Well, actually, so they make like these really awesome, like dressy pants for women now. <laughs> and, but they feel like sweatpants. Yes. I love it. They're like, they're my well, I, They're kind of like this, actually. But like, are
0: those like they're, almost gaucho? What? Do you remember gauchos? What are those? They were like the fabric of your shirt as pants, but kind of baggy like that.
1: Oh, I remember seeing them, like people wearing them. I thought they looked really like comfortable and. Whatever, but I no. don't have them. Your
0: boy wore them a couple of times, and did I was you? like, this is fucking sick.
1: See, these are meant to be pajamas. Really? Actually, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I have another pair of like dress pants that are actually pajamas, <laughs> but they, <laughs> I wear a top that makes it look like otherwise. Um, But people would be like, oh my gosh, I really like your outfit. I was like, thanks. It's got pockets. So, like, <laughs> it's just like, just get really excited about the small stuff. I don't know.
0: Yeah. No one is com. No one is giving compliments to Dr. Meany because well, he's mean they're intimidated. Plus this name is Meanie. But if somebody just saw him walking by you know, on the unit, yeah. no, no one's going to be like, Oh, look at you. You look great. They're going to be like, who the fuck are you? So that's where like it lets down that wall mm-hmm. and they're, they're going to open, open up at least enough to be like, I think this person is, uh, there's a level, they, they're at a level of comfort with themselves to where I can be comfortable talking to them.
1: And that's so true because so I had a therapist, like my first one. And when I met her, I was like, what is she wearing? She had like full dress clothes on and whatever. And I was just like, I don't like her. I don't like, I don't like this. She turned out to be really nice, and I did really like her. Um, And then, unfortunately, I was very um, upset when I had to go to my now therapist, Mm. which I love her dearly. I do. (laughs) However, my therapist, we had this conversation. She's like, I I was fully, like, I thought you hated me. I was like, oh, I did. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Uh, I didn't like you. Um, (laughs) I did not like you at all. i our our personalities collided and I thought I knew what was best and uh, my whole therapist had a process and you didn't go with that process. You had your own process and I didn't like it. And I was always like, just keep going. It'll get better. <laughs> maybe you'll like her today. And she told me, she's like, I was always hoping that like, maybe you wouldn't show up. I was like, <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> that's real. Um, But now it's great. And obviously it was just, I don't know. It was, it was a process.
0: It's funny those those moments too. Like, are a bonding moment. That's hilarious. <laughs> so. I love shit like that. Oh, um, I that would happen to me at weddings all the time. Like, I'd start talking to somebody and be like, "I I thought you were gonna be an asshole for sure." Like, yeah, you're, you're rad.
1: Well, we bonded <laughs> on like animals first, and I was like, yeah. "Okay, well, you might be okay."
0: She cat person or dog person?
1: She's a dog person.
0: Okay,
1: yeah. Um, and obviously I'm a cat person, which is fine, but we have, we have like similar names for our oldest animals. Yeah. So that's, we are just like, we bonded on that and it got a little better each time, but, but yeah. Um, but I've worked with people that were definitely like, well, you're, you know, up here and you have no problems. I was like, "Ah, who says, I was like, have you talked to my therapist lately? Like, Well, uh, I mean, and it kind of like breaks the barrier of like, I'm not all the way up here. Um,
0: mm.
1: I mean, there's boundaries, of course. Oh, for sure. But I'm not your I'm not your friend. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, see, those, I'm a human. Yeah.
0: Those distinctions are important for sure. And I think that this guy just thought that the only way to make sure that these these people don't try to become friends with me is if I dress like I fucking own the place.
1: Yeah, but realistically in that situation i mean i've I've never been in that particular situation have you
0: have you visited like did you do any adult um, mental health unit
1: i have had to visit uh it was a friend okay there but yeah i know i know what they wear um but even if you're in like an outpatient mental health program it's intimidating yeah like
0: could you pull the mic a little closer? Sorry. Sorry. I know I'm these really chairs. Bad advanced, I'm really bad about that. That's why I'm constantly grabbing it. Is because I, I move so much. But just like come with me.
1: Okay. My my bad. You're okay. Um. Oh my gosh, trying to thought.
0: Uh. The dress codes. Dress and
1: codes. Um. Visiting
0: a friend and oh outpatient.
1: Oh, it just makes you feel like inferior anyway. Just because you have to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember saying like, "Hey, um, I'm here because of X, Y, and Z." And yep, can you fix me? that'd be cool (laughs) like uh, so i mean when people say that to me i'm like oh no (laughs) i can i can assist you you know but it's just like you feel inferior already yeah because you feel like you're broken
0: yes oh perfect you know
1: well that's not true we're all broken
0: yeah but that you're absolutely right That i i heard that all the time like I Uh, when somebody says I'm here to get fixed, they're either there for a vasectomy or <laughs> they feel like they're broken and yeah, but it's, so it's that unspoken thing of like, what we're really saying is, yeah, we're broken and we need somebody to, to fix this for sure. Right. I, I got to the point to where like, I, I can't remember, I connected with that cause I think I said like I'm broken and I spent eight days on the unit because I was like, this is where I belong. Like I I thought that I was broken to a point where I was like, Oh, I I can't function out in the real world. I I belong in here with with these other people and actually I'm I'm doing good in here. Like people are coming to me for advice and I'm doing great. Like this is no one's gonna (laughs) like question me because we are all we all look the same and yeah, I just got to a point where I was so broken that I I thought that I had to be uh, on that unit.
2: Well,
1: I feel like if you're in that unit like no one's better than each other. You guys are there together. Yeah, you just have different problems. That's yeah. all. Which if we take away, you know, class and um, status, I feel like that's true within like the entire world. Yeah, we just don't show it.
0: Man, the the <laughs> going into rehab was the the best depiction of that. The first person I met. Uh, that was a fellow addict, um, was a millionaire what? and he paid out of pocket for his stay, which was like over 40 grand. And I did like, just blew me away. Totally different worlds, but connected on almost everything because we had dropped all that shit. There's probably something that they want to eat outside. Okay, so to wrap this up, I usually ask people um, what advice they have for listeners. Um, I guess on the side of... I'm trying to think of where I want to go with your question. Let me think about this for a
1: second. All right, no, it's okay. I know that like normally we have like a game plan, and it's just kind of like... Ooh.
0: Yeah, we were all over the place. All over today. the
1: place. What well, we thought we were going to talk about didn't happen really, and that's okay.
0: That's fine. I, because I think um, with the... The concept of people who help those in, because uh, I think addiction falls under that, like, mental health care. Yeah, I think um, so, too. People don't think about, like, the care that you need. So, like, what is it that you do or what things did you put in place to try to protect yourself? Um, like, with, you know, the boundaries is an obvious one, but um, for your mental state.
1: Um, leaving things that didn't make me happy. What do you mean? Like, things that didn't, like, serve me anymore. Like, if I could, if, like, let's say, like, there's a friend. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, we've all had those friendships, I think, that are really high maintenance. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, like, I don't have, like, I'm just, I'm using this as an example. I don't have the energy to, like, continually kind of fill... Their cup and like back, like go back and forth all the time. Mm-hmm. The friendships that are like a little less maintenance, right? Which sounds awful, but it's real. I talk to people all day, and I can't have time for for you and your problems as well mm-hmm. as like working on myself. Like you can go see a therapist for that. Um, that's like probably the biggest thing is just like failure isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think you learn something from it, which is important. Um, and like when things don't go our way, we kind of think, well, I failed at that. And I I don't think that's true. I think that that just, that just didn't work for you and that's all right. Um, so getting rid of those things that don't serve you. um, Okay. Whether it's like, you know, people, um, things, things that stress you out that you don't need to be stressed out about, um, the job, the corporate life, whatever it is, if it doesn't serve you and it doesn't actually make you happy, because no offense, guys, but we all end up at the same place. Mm. So you you only have like, what, 80 years if you're lucky. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, just getting rid of things that don't serve you anymore and don't make you happy because it's just going to eat away at your soul and you're not going to be the best version of you. And I think that learning that is important. And I'm still learning every day. Every I was gonna day. say. So what
0: what are the what are the things that you do to to try and remind yourself that you're not you know trapped in in you're not uh, beholden to any relationship or any job like what I, I mean <clears> sometimes <throat>
1: we definitely do feel trapped but it's kind of like I go through like these phases where I'll be like I'm you know I can't do this because of X Y and Z and realistically they they are their excuses. Mm. There's other ways. You can work around those, whether it's like money, you can always like, well, maybe you can donate plasma, like, oh, you know, cool. to make up for whatever um, it is and just like safeguards, like checking in with myself. Sometimes we're all so busy and I got to go do this, this and this, and I got to go bring the kids to wherever that we focus outward and not inward enough, I don't think. Mm. Just like doing like little checks. How are you doing? How are you sleeping? (laughs) Yeah. Like with yourself. Like we check in with others, but we don't, I don't feel like we check in with ourselves. Yeah. You know, just like, oh, how how are you, how are you doing? Like, I, I think writing um, helps a lot with that. Just to like, have you ever done the exercise where you write for, I think it's 10 minutes straight and you don't like, you just write, you just keep going. Um, I forget what the exercise is called, but it's like. You do it for like ten or fifteen minutes, and you just write whatever comes to mind, and it's unfiltered, freestyle. Like, yeah, like you're not (laughs) you're kind of you're not allowed to like think of like, oh, how do I want to word this? No, it just comes out. You just throw that shit on the paper, like, and see what comes of it. And eventually, um, because I've I've done that before, and you know, I'll do it for a few months, and then look back and see what I wrote, and you can kind of see like attitudes and moods change which i think is really interesting so i think just checking in and doing things that are good for you is important um i mean mine would be therapy obviously i have cats that's a self, like this comfort it's like you know a creature that like needs me loves me and yeah. it's vice versa but
0: um it gives you purpose too
1: yeah like that's my those are my children you yeah. know i don't have humans but um but you know, I talk about them like like they're human and people usually think that, oh you have kids. Yeah. Well they <laughs> they meow. It's um a whole thing. And then like, you know, so that therapy, um, you know, working out, I'd like to like do that again. But I gotta make sure my, my eating is I can't be burning calories that I don't have. Mm. Which is important. So I think that in itself is healthy, just being like mindful that yeah, you yeah. can't you can't do that. So
0: yeah, that's you're absolutely right. That's huge. Um,
1: coloring. I like to color. Really? Yes, I love to color. It's so like relaxing. Do you like. get
0: like adult coloring books and stuff? Y-
1: yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll buy like the children's Christmas books cuz I mean, I think they're cute.
2: Oh.
0: I think I had a I had a
1: Disney princess one like a while back.
0: Dude, there's one um that's full of curse words.
1: I've seen those. Whoa! Yeah, no, one of my, my patients like um I've had a couple uh, <laughs> color one for me, and it said like uh, "Don't give a fuck." I think is one, and I was just like, hey, <laughs> "Thank <Not> you, love it." <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a hard question because it's gonna look different for everybody. But well,
0: it- I I always ask like, or I try to ask on a personal level because because everyone's stuff is different, mm-hmm. it offers up a new thing for somebody else. Like that writing thing, I've never heard that before. Such a cool one. And something that people can try. So, I mean, I've had 40 guests on this show. Yeah. And there's some continuity with what they do for coping and and things like that. But there's always one little thing that they do different that I'm like, I've never thought about that. So, listeners, if you go back and, and shuffle through or I guess go to the end where I ask them to give advice.
2: Yeah,
0: um, then you'll find that there's loads of different answers, loads of different coping mechanisms, and and things that you can do. So
2: yeah,
1: random. Do you meditate?
2: It's evolved meditation.
1: Okay, I can't. I can't meditate. Like I guess I haven't. I could probably maybe someday when I'm wiser. Um, but if you color it actually puts you into a meditative state
0: um, because of flow
1: yeah you're, you're you're focused and um i mean if if you do it do you color not really
0: i i draw uh, so like i'll use procreate and, and doodle shit and color i uh, yeah i guess i do yeah
1: um i mean as for that it puts you in like a meditative state so you're super focused on this one thing and usually I'm not thinking about anything else there's a study there's a study on it I'll like I'll try to find it and I'll send it to you oh awesome um, I I did a group on it um and I just found that really interesting because I've tried to meditate like a normal human and I don't know about you but all I'm ever thinking about is like oh three seconds goes by and I'm not thinking of anything and all of a sudden I'm like what are we having for dinner? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just it just I can't stop them. They just keep coming.
0: So, I uh went to the same Buddhist, okay, it's, it's weird in out <laughs> out east. They're not temples and they're not churches. They're just like I forget what they call them, but like I don't know what else to call it. A Buddhist temple, but it's just a guy's elaborate house. Okay. Um, it's the same one that Richard gear goes to apparently. Um, and I had a connection with somebody who was like, I, I go, do you, if you want to try it out. And I was asked to leave at one point because I couldn't stop moving because I was so uncomfortable. They were like, Hey, uh, if you wouldn't mind, take you into another room, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit. Now I know it's like ADHD. That's why I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah because I was like, who the fuck is here? I wonder what Richard does when he's here because we're on a first name basis now. Um, but like, okay, so the only thing that I can think of that is kind of meditative is when I listen to ASMR. Oh. I, I don't do anything. I plug him in, I lay down, and I just like, fo- like let the sounds hit me. Okay. So really like close to traditional meditation, that's as close as I get. Okay. But otherwise, yeah, that the did have you seen the movie Soul? That Pixar movie?
1: No, I haven't. You
0: should check it out. Because they talk about flow and how that put can put you into a uh like transcendental like uh state. Yeah. Um because if you're if I mean okay. Uh we were taking photos before. Yeah. And you were hitting poses, you with I'm assuming without thinking you would hear the shutter go and then you would switch your pose. You would hear the shutter I go. I mean,
1: I guess I don't remember hearing it,
0: but... But I could tell. You would switch. So that's your flow state is like, I know exactly what I'm doing. Oh, I know. Okay. So like when you know for sure like what you're doing, mm-hmm. coloring is a perfect example. And that makes sense why it works that way because your brain just goes, I know There's lines, I know exactly where to go, and there's going to be an an immediate outcome from this thing that I'm doing. So, yeah, that flow state, I think that's meditative. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. It's meditation for those who can't hold still.
2: Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't hold still. I'd probably be wondering in that same spot where they'd be like, yeah, we're going to ask you to go over here now. So, I'd (laughs) be like, I wonder, like, you know, like if I'm doing this right. Like, am I they put
0: me in that other room. I just fell asleep.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I feel like this is a good place for a nap.
0: <laughs> thank you again for doing this, uh, for sweating out in the heat and, and all that fun stuff. But <laughs>
1: no, I always have a lot of fun. So yeah, you. It,
0: it, I love talking with you. It's it's always a hoot, as they say. Um, and to the listeners, be well to yourselves.